Yellow. <laughs> Welcome to the Long Haul Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Vito. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome. We are, we exist because we want to have a long relationship, basically. So this is couples therapy. For us. And we just, it's a time where we force ourselves to sit down and talk with each other uninterrupted except for when hutch interrupts us Mm -hmm. which he seems to be doing a lot lately yes Mm -hmm. but what do you think babe do you like it do you like having these talks every week i love it i do what do you like about it um i don't know i feel like it's just good to take and i mean we're like busy during the week and you come home from work and we eat and like watch tv and go to bed and so it's like nice to take intentional time to just sit down and talk with each other yeah you know yeah, I like the uninterrupted part, except for Hutch right now. He's being oh such a pain. Gosh, I know. Because um, I feel like, yeah, like you're saying, there's just always some sort of interruption, whether it's our phones or the TV or sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping's an interruption for sure. Yeah. Imagine how much we could be talking if we weren't sleeping. For real. Oh, my gosh. For real, for real. No, but I need sleep to function. And thankfully, so this last week, um, I've been sleeping pretty well. Good. But I figured out like a nighttime routine. I have to turn on my humidifier, my diffuser with lavender. I take a magnesium powder. I take a magnesium supplement. And I rub lavender on my wrists and i spray magnesium on my feet so there I'm like you go. basically overdosing on magnesium and lavender every night there you go and i've been sleeping much much better yeah it works so much better it's nice i think it's fantastic i it's sort of i i haven't felt you while we're sleeping in like a months i feel like since you got that pillow because now our I bed know. is just full of pillows so we used and I to don't f- get to touch you anymore. Fall asleep holding hands every single night and with like our feet touching. Yeah. And now there's nothing. There are times I don't pillow. even know if you're in the bed or not. Right, cause my pillow, my pillows. But I do lately. I've been, I'll like reach over and and try to hold your hand. Sometimes our feet will touch mm-hmm. randomly, and it's like a huge turn on. It's like <laughs> whoa, whoa, she's here. I forgot she was here. Is she in the, the bed? What's this is nice. On? There's a girl in my bed. What up? <laughs> what up now? Who dis me? You're funny, babe. Uh, yeah, so we have a few things from guests that we're going to talk about, or I mean listeners, and then we also have a couple other things that we were going to hit on. So yeah, I had a question. So I don't know if it's lately or if it's what, I, what I've been thinking about subconsciously for a while but um i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about uh having a partnership where where it could be either like two lazy people who are like i don't feel like doing that you do that sort of thing and it's 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 a very frustrating relationship or when you're in a relationship and this could be like an intimate relationship or a partnership or whatever just someone that you're in a partnership with let's call so it could be same sex marriage it could be boyfriend girlfriend it could be business partner whatever but a, a relationship where you push each other in a very like yeah let's get it let's let's do this sort of thing where it's very positive and um inspiring instead of like hey i really want to do this and the other person's like oh that's not going to work Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or if, 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 if you're like, Hey babe, can you wash the dishes? And I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing it. And you're like, all right, can you take the garbage out? I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like doing it. Like it, it can be very frustrating to be in a relationship like that. So what I was thinking was like, man, how much better can a relationship be when both parties are very inspiring or very like, you know, um, pushing each other in a positive way, mm-hmm. and then I, I, we, you and I talked about it. And oh my god! That's Hutch trying to get into our office. Just let him in. Oh, babe, he's eating the chair. They're already eaten. Oh, uh, we have these like vintage chairs. Okay to 
that we got for free. These are the only chairs he chews. Um, sorry, guys. This is what the interruption is. <laughs> it's good training for kids, though, I've heard. Yeah, because we're going to have to do this with the baby. Um, so what I was saying was, with us, it's never been like that. Like, you said, I push you. Mm-hmm. But when I push you, it's not... Like you don't you don't receive it in a positive way. You get overwhelmed. I do sometimes, but I usually take it as in I feel like you think I'm not doing enough. Right. And then when when I want you to push me, I'll like open the door for you to do it and you're always like, Oh, it'll all work out. Oh, it's okay. And I'm like, No, that's not what I want, you know. But I I don't know if that would work for us. Well, and what I said though is I feel like we're still really new at this. Like we've only been married a year. Like we're still getting to know each other. And I think that these things come up and and then we have to work on them, you know? Yeah. Like I need to learn how to push you in the way that you receive it. And that's motivating. Right. So, well, that, that brought me to my next question, which, which I kind of thought was an interesting topic was, Is that a part of our relationship DNA? You know, we have a specific type of relationship where it it, it works. Yeah. You know, like what we do works so far, at least for the time being, what we do together works. And it's not um, a relationship where we're both like go-getters or it's not a relationship where we're both laid back. It's, it's It's an interesting sort of dynamic. It has its own DNA, but it works for now. So the theme, I guess, was like relationship DNAs and also trying to transform them or change them. Like, do you go with what you've curated now that's worked? And like, if we try to change it, like if we try to be a relationship where we're inspiring each other daily, like super positive and really like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go get it. Or do we keep what we're doing? Because, like, for me, our, my relationship with you is like a vacation, basically, from the real world sort of thing, even though you're the most real thing in my in my life. But, like, my work world, I guess. Like, I come home to you, and it's just totally like a, a vacation. And that's what works for me right now. Mm-hmm. And is what I'm saying make any sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think that it depends on the relationship. So for us, I feel like it's definitely something that we could try because we have such good communication that like if you're feeling because, okay, so I feel like you're really good at inspiring me, listening to me, giving me advice, being there for me, comforting and I feel like those aren't my strong skills. I feel like I'm still learning how to do that for you. Am I though? Because you, when you, when I do that, you get stressed out. So I'm not good at it. No, I get stressed out, which you've actually gotten better at lately. Because when I would get stressed out when I'd come, when like we talk about different things, and you're like, okay, yeah, like do this, do this, do this, do this. And then I'm immediately overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think for me, I'm, I'm easily like have paralysis by analysis. As soon as I think of all the things I need to do, I feel like I can't do anything, which I feel like I'm getting better at. Cause I realize, like, Oh, if you just sit down and do one thing, you check that off the list and you already feel so much more productive and better, yeah. you know? So I think that, but I mean, even just in like outside of inspiring each other, like comforting and listening and giving advice, things like that, you're so good at. And for me, I'm not the best at giving comfort, not just to you, but just even to like friends or whatever. Like I always feel like I need to have the right words to say and I don't. So I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm here for you. Like, do you want to talk about it? I don't know how to, like, 
say the thing you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And I do. Yes. So I feel like I'm still learning how to like just be here for you. And I'm still learning how to read you. Like when you come home from work, do you just want to vent? Do you want to relax? Do you want to talk about it? And so a lot of times I'll just ask you, I'll be like, do you want to talk about it? Do you, you know? Yeah. And, and things like that. But, um, I think when it comes to inspiring, it's the same. Like I would just have to ask you like what does inspire you or is there something that I have done that inspires you or motivates you or pushes you or, like when do I need to push? When do I need to back off? When do I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that those are things that we could work on. And since we have good communication, we could find what works for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think a part of it too is I really. Cause you are a go-getter. You very much are. Yeah. I am not as much. So I, I think that's, that's what I was about to say. I think that I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, oh my gosh. So I really want to be able to work with you, I think. And I'm thinking this through, so I don't know. But I really enjoy doing things with you. And I believe that we are a good team. Yeah. So I want to be able to curate a relationship where, and this is my expectations, that I don't want to change you. Mm-hmm. But it would be in my mind so much fun if we could both be like really good go getters during the day together and work together and create things together. And then at the end of the day, get to enjoy the fruits of our labor together. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of me going out working in an not an inspiring environment, coming home. I haven't seen you all day. I have to decompress just to like enjoy my time with you. And then you've had your day and you have to decompress. And then we come together. You know, I I think what I want is to be able to work with you yeah. in, in, a, in like, a, you know, an inspiring manner or, or in a way where we're like together being go-getters and because I love when I see you working hard. I'm like, oh my God, that's the sexiest thing ever, you know? And then if we can work together on something. Yeah, I would love that. I would love to I work together awesome. on something. Because then if that's the case too, then we can work together more with the kids. Well, I think it's hard though to like, for me, it's like when you see me working hard, it's like, I don't love like everything I'm trying to do right now. It's sitting in front of a computer. It's and and for me, I think that that's really hard because I don't love that. Mm. But everything that I'm trying to create and do right now means logging in time on the computer. All of it's online. And so I feel like, I guess I don't feel like I'm working hard, you know, mm. I'd much rather like build something. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we can talk about it later, but I just thought it was interesting about like um relationship DNA and how relationships are built and how they serve us now because I think that the way our relationship serves us now is great. Yeah, I do um, too. But I'd love it to be like We're definitely my whole life better than and not just the right. last 6 hours. Well, and I think that we're definitely better than like not inspiring people because even though like let's say Maybe if even when we're not like pushing each other super hard, like you still inspire me all the time in our relationship to be the best woman that I could be, oh, to be yeah. like a better wife, to be a better friend, to be, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like you constantly push me in that way because I see how hard you're working. And then I'm like, I need to work hard, you know? And mm-hmm. I I feel like we inspire each other in in different ways just because we love each other so much and we want to be the best for each other and for our family and and that's the thing that I've I really have valued with you is I've told you before I had never really been in a relationship where 
I would tell somebody like my goals and my dreams and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, where can you start? What's your next step? Like I was always in relationships where they're like, oh, okay. You know, but like for you, when I was like, oh, I want to do this. You're like, so I built you a website and here's like what's going on. And you're just like, you help me take the next step. Um, and you'll like check in and you follow up and you'll come up with ideas for me and for my business. And you think about my dreams too and how like I can grow them and be better, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that's, that is super inspirational and, and nice because I didn't have that before. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely could do a lot more work than I do. Yeah. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but yeah. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, think about what your relationship DNA is like and what is your relationship built off of and what's like the core of it and how do you And And, and the thing is there's not your... really a right answer because I feel like there's some people that don't need to like continually be inspired. Like they're fine with their job. They're fine with whatever they. Well, that's what I'm saying. The way our DNA is now, I yeah. I like it. It works for us. It's not the go-getting DNA. It's a very like a vacation-y DNA sort of thing, you know, where we get together and we just sit next to each other. and. I don't feel like it's a vacation. For me, it is. Yeah. What do you think it is? For me, it's, oh, snap, I got to make dinner and clean the kitchen. and. That's our relationship? <laughs> that's, that's just <laughs> like, what you do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I love, I mean, like today it was rainy and so you got to spend time at home which was nice, you know, but I, it's normally like I love in the winters when you're off and we're Mm -hmm. together every single day. Yeah. I mean, I was home for like an hour in the morning and it felt like (laughs) a day home, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like being with you. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I like being with you. I always tell you. Oh, yeah, because you left, and I remember I called you, and I was like, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely, definitely, um, I would I would love for us both to be able to work from home and work together. And Yeah. I'd be interested to that. hear the listeners what you think your relationship DNA is. I don't know if I explained it that well, but just guess of what I'm trying to mean. But we have some questions that I thought were pretty interesting. So thank you for writing in, guys. And I hope we can get something out of it for sure. All right. So how did you know you were ready for kids? How did you know? I know when I knew. How do you know? I don't think that I did know. I feel like... Did I force you? No. But you were ready before I was. And which was surprising. Because I honestly thought like we'd get married and I'm like, yeah, because our plan was let's get married, wait a year, then start trying. So I thought like, okay, yeah, we're going to get married and then I'm going to be like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was going through a lot last year and I think for me, somehow that slowed me down. I felt like I needed to do some healing and recovery in my life because I didn't want to carry anything into the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was honestly when your grandma died. It was when Nonin died that we were at her funeral and we were talking and we're like, life is so short. Like, even though she lived a long life, it's so short. Like, what are we waiting for? Yeah, that's when it was for me. And we were conceived a child that night. <laughs> so it wasn't that night. Uh-huh. I think it was the night after. It was the night after, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. We were at my grandmother's funeral, and she had four kids, and they had a lot of kids each, whatever. And, and we were all standing. All the grandkids were standing at like the doorway, I guess you could say, and um, welcoming people as they came in to say their condolences or whatever. And then. I just saw my grandmother laying there and then her kids standing next to her and their significant others and then all of her grandkids standing there. And it was like, 
man, like what a beautiful way to go. Like the way she went with dementia and stuff is terrible, but even even the deterioration of her life, every night my parents' house was packed. And she died with her entire family. I don't think one grandkid was missing at the house. Like we were all there when she died. Um, ex- maybe gracious kids, no, like the great Chach grandkids. Was in Bali and oh Jake yeah, was at school. Okay, so like two mm-hmm. of her thirty-something grandkids or whatever weren't but they there. They even Facetimed in, right? And- so it was like that is it's amazing, mm-hmm. and I know that not everybody's um lucky enough or whatever enough to to have kids of their own but even we talked about your podcast last week was awesome about fostering kids um but it was that night where i'm like what are we waiting for like i don't want to like i want to have a family of our own Mm -hmm. and raise people to be agents of love you know and just be a light on the world. And I thought like, you were ready before that because no, like months I was before get, that, I was getting there. you would be like, all right, let's just do it. Like, yeah, let's I just try. Yeah, I was getting there. I was more saying that to see your reaction. Oh, okay. But that that day when it clicked where I was like... Yeah. And I think we were both life just Life is so like, short. Yeah, right, I was like, do it. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm because ready Because I think right we now. also had the realization like we're never going to be ready. Like we're never going to be... You're never going to be fully prepared for... Yeah. The, what the trying to conceive journey is going to be, what pregnancy is going to be. We're still not prepared for it. What parenthood's going to be. Like, there's nothing you can do to fully prepare you. But we were in a place where it's like, okay, we, like, why not now? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking, if you're asking the question because you're looking for uh, a sign of like, oh, look, all this is checked. This is checked. They have a home. I have my, I have a savings account. I have this. I have that. Then that's not the answer we're going to give you. For us, it was more just a spiritual thing of like we know we we know we're gonna want kids and like life is so short and the best part of life is spending it with family. So what are we doing? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter money. It doesn't matter house or whatever. It's money just like comes and goes. Yeah, it's it was just uh, yeah time is best spent together and with family so let's do it well and i think for me also like i had been kind of on a health journey and i just we also didn't know like how long it would potentially take that was not a thought in my mind it was for me so i'm like you know what this could take a really long time or it could not so but we also like when we decided we were ready for kids we didn't plan we weren't having like planned sex we just decided you know what let's stop preventing Mm -hmm. and see what happens um because we didn't want it to be stressful we wanted it to be fun we wanted that to be a bonding experience for us yeah so yeah I, i whenever i heard people talk about like trying to have kids it always made me sort of cringe of like man just you're with your spouse just don't try to do anything just be together you know and then if it happens if it happens if it doesn't it doesn't sort of thing that's when my cousin that's when frank uh got pregnant yeah they were trying and trying she she had a couple miscarriages they were trying and trying and then they're like screw it we're done this is too emotionally crazy on us like we're done trying we're just not gonna not try or whatever however they described it and then Boom, next month. Pregnant. Yeah, you do hear that a lot, but I know that a lot of other people have other issues with it, but I think that that's also a conversation we had had before we got married was let's have an honest conversation of what does it look like if we can't have kids? What does it look like if you can't have kids, if I can't have, you know, whatever yeah. the situation is, like, will you still love me? Do you want to be with me? And we just really, I mean, for us, our goal getting married wasn't to have a family. Our goal getting married was to have a marriage, yeah. like to love each other and to have a life together and be and have an awesome relationship. And then if we were blessed with a family, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I definitely looked at you and I was like, would she be a good mom? Well, yeah, you take those traits right, into but consideration. That, that was not a, uh, 
oddly enough, it wasn't, I was looking more for a partner, mm-hmm. a PIC. And uh, yeah, I mean, we talked, yeah, if we couldn't have kids, we were like, well, I want to travel for 10 years and then we'll adopt. Right. Yeah. Like I want to quit, sell everything and then just go travel, be vagabonds and then come back and we'll adopt a kid or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's really important. I think it's really important to have a strong foundation too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we knew. All right. How did you tell your family that you were pregnant? Did you just tell them gifts? We can't agree on how. Oh, so, well, the first time with the chemical pregnancy, you actually had a cute thing for uh, your mom. I just threw it away. So I had this, um, I, yes, I printed out this thing, this gift I was sending her and I did this whole like scrapbooking type thing and it said like in big letters, Merry Christmas on it. And then it basically said like, so sorry, your present's like going to be late. It's coming July, 2020. We're yeah. having a baby. Yeah. So we were going to send that, that to my really mom. Um, but. Did you do anything the second time? No, we I didn't. think we just FaceTimed her. Uh, yeah, no, I think we just called her. So how we told my mom the second time I wanted to do like something cute, but then the second time, I think because we had had the miscarriage and we'd planned all this stuff before we were like, okay, still anything can happen with this. You know, like for me, it was just like, let's just tell our families. We waited. No, there was was something that happened. We told my, we were on my way. We were on our way to tell my parents and then we called your mom or something. Well, we, we called my mom when we left our first appointment. So it was seven weeks. And okay. what she was planning on, we were planning on the reunion on her side the first week in August. And so we were just talking about stuff. And I was like, well, are you, I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Because you have to come back the end of August. And she's like, what? I'm like, well, you're going to be here the beginning of August, but you have to come back the end of August. Are you just going to stay the whole month or come again? And she's like, wait, yeah. Are you telling me, are you telling me so something? a little bit of trickery? I was like, yes. And she's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I told my guy friends and my brother and dad and stuff. Uh, I gave him like, I was like, Oh, I found this nice cigar. We kind of smoke cigars. Not really, but you know, every once in a while, I feel like I never really see you do it, but I don't do it anymore. Oh, it gives me a headache. Yeah. I just not a fan. Um, so I bought these cigar wrapper things that says I'm having a baby or something like that. It says I'm going to be a dad. I'm going yeah, to be a dad. Or something like that. And uh, I gave it to the guys. And then when they went to go, you always look at what kind of brand it is. You look at the, the label and it says I'm going to be a dad. And they're like, oh, no way. Cool. Well, the first time, though, with the first pregnancy, we ended up just telling my mom on the phone. You've showed her the picture you facetimed her oh yeah yeah yeah. i showed her the picture or not the picture the, the, the thing scrapbook thing yeah and then when we went to your mom's house you just handed her the pregnancy test no i had written my dad oh i remember so i had written my dad a note um so i'm kind of i'll randomly write people thank you notes like really randomly um and it's, especially my dad, because we have such a weird relationship, it's very loving and everything, but it's not very like emotional. So I remember in college, I wrote him like an email, just like a long thank you email. And I, I think he still has it or something. But so he's used to me just randomly giving him cards. So I gave him a card. And at the end, I like bolded and underlined. I hope I'm as good as a dad. And then, like, I was leading up to it, like, you know, that I'm going to be a dad. I said, I hope I'm going to be as good a dad as you were, or, like, half as good as dad as you were, blah, 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 blah. So then he, like, read it, whatever, gave me a hug, and then nothing. And then I was like, did he not get it? (laughs) So I was like, I was like, like, you know, he's like, thanks. It was really nice. It was a really nice card, whatever. He gave me a hug and whatever. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, did you read the bottom, though? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, read it again. And then he read it again. And I'm like, still nothing? <laughs> I was like, dude, like, 
I'm gonna be a dad. I think I wrote that. Like, I'm gonna be a dad. <laughs> and he couldn't figure it out. And he's like, come on. Or he smacked my chest. And he was like, come on, for real? I was like, yeah. And then I just threw the pregnancy test at my mom, yeah. And she was confused at first. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was the first time. And then the second time, we just, we called my mom, and then we called your mom, mm-hmm. and then called our siblings. And Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't do anything crazy. What did my mom say, though? Because I, I gave her the, I just handed her the pregnancy test, and she was like, whose is this? Right, yeah. Or she didn't have she her glasses on, so confused. she didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> But then she was like, kind of. Once she figured out what it was, she was looking around like, "I don't get it." Mm-hmm. You know, she, she. I didn't think she it clicked for her. Yeah, I like really nonchalant things. I feel like, um, like Bruno wrote Bruno wrote a Mother's Day card mm-hmm. and had the ultrasound picture in it. I don't remember what Rosa did, but yeah, very for me, it's like very subtle things that uh, are nice and meaningful. I don't know. How, how else would you do? Oh, I know people like give teddy bears that talk or something. Or No, I've seen some really cool ideas. A lot of people do something with like an ultrasound photo or a pregnancy test. But I feel like next time around, I'd, I'd want to do something fun and creative. Like what? Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're pregnant around Christmas time, there's so many cute shirts that like... Are like, ho, 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 I'm pregnant. You know what I mean? But like nobody pays attention to what you're wearing. Yeah. And I think wearing something nonchalant like that would be really funny. Um, Where it says like, ho, 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 really big and I'm pregnant really small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like if you're reading this shirt, you can tell I'm pregnant or something. Um, But I don't know. There's a bunch of of stuff. Um, I remember I researched tons of stuff and I saved it on my Pinterest board. (laughs) I didn't know that. yeah, because I was trying to find cute ways it's to tell so people. It's so different from men to women. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't even, th- even even the baby shower, you're like, oh, I know exactly how I want it. I have everything planned, the decorations. I'm like, I forgot that we're having one. Right. So I'll yeah. just be there. It'll be fun. Yes. I'm excited, but I forgot that we were having one for sure. Yes. Um. Also, people are asking if we can add the baby guest link again. Yeah. Um. All right. And then this one's off of baby talk, but on to something else. Both of our experiences achieving self-love. Go ahead. (laughs) Hutch is really distracting me ripping the fabric off this chair. Like I can't. Hutch, come here, bud. Hutch, come. Um, Sit down. So, man, it was a huge journey for me achieving self-love. I feel like I went through... I mean, I got an eating disorder at a super young age, and then I went through a really toxic relationship, started to get help and healing, um, kind of rebelled and, you know, went through a lot of, a lot of weird phases. And I feel like achieving self-love is something that is continual work. So I definitely feel like I'm at a place in my life where I love myself. Does that mean that I don't have insecurities? Like, no, of course I have insecurities. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd say mine was mostly a really big spiritual battle. That's how I would describe it. Of yeah. Back and forth and figuring things out. And then finally just like, realizing like how much God loves me and I think achieving self-love for me also was like the realization that this world's not about me Mm. like my purpose in this world like I think that we're in this huge self-love movement right now which can also be great but there is a line I believe between selfish and like being like what am i looking for self-love and then self-absorbed and people are like oh well no like that's not okay with me and this like whatever it is it's like even i see it in like a lot of marriages that i see online i'm like those are not ones that i would look up to or anything like even if i follow like the wife because she has good content when they talk about marriage things it's like 
you don't owe your spouse anything. You don't blah, blah, blah. You, you know, and for me, I'm like, I feel like I owe you everything, but not in like a servitude way because I, I love you so much and I want to be your backbone. I want to be the support for you. I want to like, you take such good care of me and love me so well. Why would I not love you back? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that achieving self-love is also like for me being very mindful that like realizing too, that although my problems and fears and anxieties or insecurities are valid, they're so minuscule compared to like things in the world. Yeah. I guess like for me, that's a big thing. I know for other people, it's other things. It doesn't mean like I don't still struggle or my feelings aren't valid. Like, of course they are, but self love for me isn't like, like for me, I'm like, I'm so much more than my body. Yeah. I'm so much more like, do I want to take care of my, yes, this is my vessel. I want to take care of myself. I want to love myself, but I'm so much more than my body. I'm so much more than whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. So you said, you said a couple of things that are, I think are spot on, which the self love for you is it's a never ending journey. I hate mm-hmm. the word journey, but it's a never ending process. Sure. Process. Um, and that too, that it was extremely spiritual for you. And I think that's where we are lacking in today's world as technology becomes more prevalent and, um, just the lack of community and, um, spiritual growth, I think as a majority, obviously there's a ton of people who are on a spiritual process, um, but it is extremely spiritual thing. You know, self-love is like, why would why would you love yourself or why would you not love yourself? Like, you caring about self-love shows that it's it's deeper. Mm-hmm. There's it's something deeper, and that's your spirit. That's spiritual stuff. So it has to come through spiritual means. You can't fix self-love through learning things or through changing your body or changing your hair or whatever it all comes through your your spirit your spiritual connection with god and that's that's all it is and um i I just started to reread a course in miracles which i tried reading like years ago and i was like this book is ridiculous it's so hard to read and it's confusing and but i tried to reread it the other day and um in in the first couple of chapters it talks about how man is made from God and your man is made lovable and to love. Like that is our purpose. Like we are made to be loved and to love and that everything that is of God is real and everything else isn't. So fears, doubts, worries, anxieties, everything that's not of God, right? Is not of love isn't real it's just a figment of our imagination or it's something that we curate in our own minds right fear is something like if you were to walk on a plank a two by six on the ground you can walk right across it but if you put that two by six in between two buildings a thousand feet up in the air it's no longer walking across a plank right like you're perceiving a different threat it, but it's all a perception mm-hmm. you can walk across that plank and you would never think oh i'm going to step off of this if it's on the ground but as soon as it's all the way up in the air you're thinking i'm for sure going to step off of this but it's all just perception and what they're saying in this book and i'm not saying it's real or not or it's truth or not but it's it's just interesting that if it's not of god it's not really real and it's just something to to, to that's to keep us away from God and our spiritual self. Right. And if it is of God, like that's what's real. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what's like, because we are made in the image of God mm-hmm. and we are God's children. So like that is truth and it's real. Everything else is just perception or whatever. And doubts and fears feel real because they manifest 
really physically. Mm-hmm. Like I can get sick to my stomach. I can get diarrhea if my my anxiety is too bad. You know, like that really happened. I pooped my pants, mm-hmm. you know, from, I, I haven't from anxiety, but I have pooped my pants. Um, <laughs> other reasons. For other reasons. Spicy foods and Mexican foods and, and, and New Mexico. No, <laughs> we were on that road trip. Yeah. But uh, I lost my train of thought because I talked about pooping my pants. Oh, so, so, so not real things can show up physically, mm-hmm. right? Like our fears yeah, can do. show up in stomach aches or sweats or whatever. Like that's really mm-hmm. happening. I'm actually sweating. But it's not real in the sense of like there's really nothing to be afraid of. You know, fear kicks in if a lion was chasing you. Yeah, run. Because that's our that's our innate ability to stay alive, like our innate um, response to survival. But as far as like self love, the spiritual stuff, if you're if you're having thoughts of negativity or doubt or things that aren't uplifting or loving, they're just not true thoughts. They're there. They happen. Everyone has them. But they're not of God, so they're not coming from the source of life. And the more you pay attention to the thoughts that are of God, that are life-giving, the more you realize that you were made to be loved and to love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the more that you show acts of love, and in this book it was saying, when you show acts of love, when you give something, usually like if I give you a dollar, I lose that dollar. Mm-hmm. But when you give love when you give acts of love you get, you get love mm-hmm. and i get love right and that's what's real mm-hmm. so for me my my journey of self-love i don't think it's ever ending i think it's a daily thing but i did lately feel a sense of i saw my aunt and uncle and cousins who were not like we don't have the best relationship anymore. And I saw them the other day and I just thought, like, I just forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just over it. Yeah. And I hope that they are genuinely happy. You know, and I hope that they have a life full of laughter. And like, I don't care if I'm if I'm involved in that life or not. I used to care. I used to want to be. Because that's how we were raised. We were always together. And then it came to a point where we were no longer together. And it really bothered me. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't have to be a part of their life. And they don't have to be a part of mine. And I can still wish happiness. And then today, actually, I had a realization of my life can get really stressful. And I realized I don't have to let it stress me out. I don't have to choose to engage in the stress Mm -hmm. you know like stressful things happen and then i react and i get all tense and i get pissed off and i choose to do that i realized that today actually Mm -hmm. that that was my choice i'm choosing to engage in this stress and i was like i don't have to interact with stress i can just something stressful happens okay choose to be relaxed Mm -hmm. and i did it today because i almost got stressed out And I did it last night. I woke up in the middle of the night and it was downpouring. And I was like, shoot, I have to do this and do that. Oh, my windows are down in my car. Oh, this. And I was like, just relax. I felt myself choosing to get stressed out. And then I immediately chose to be relaxed. And it's like, if you're stuck in the habit of choosing to doubt yourself, well, just choose to love yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for a moment. And that's kind of what I'm realizing now. Yeah, it's definitely the act of practicing it that starts to put it into motion and make it more real. And it's not easy when you're stuck in the not loving yourself mode. No. Because you have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Right? And Yeah, a lot of it, though, that we didn't really talk about that we learned in our coach training, too, is like... And also, if you're listening, check out The Four Agreements. That's a really good book for this. But unlearning the lies that you've been told or believe about yourself. Um, 
because if you think, oh, I, like I know a deep rooted thing for me is I'm worthless or I'm stupid. Like mm. we've talked about that one on here before. Like I, I don't know the worthless one. I never got that. Vibe. I don't feel like I necessarily feel that anymore. I used to. Okay. Um, but that I'm stupid. I hate feeling stupid. So that's like a deep rooted trigger where at some point in my life, like most likely early on something happened and I felt really stupid mm-hmm. and it became this deep rooted fear and lie that you are stupid. Mm-hmm. So like, or, or you're going to look stupid. So mm-hmm. anytime something like that happens, it brings that back up. So you have to go back through and be like, okay, I'm not stupid. I'm actually really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Do we all do silly things sometimes? Yeah. Am I going to trip and fall sometimes? Yeah. What if you were to tell yourself, you can never trip and fall. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. You don't expect that from anyone. Yeah. You know, and you and to attach it as your identity, right? Is like, whoa, this is a this is a huge undertaking you're putting on yourself. Where you do something stupid, you do stupid things. I do stupid things. But the moment you're like, oh shoot, I'm stupid. Well, now your whole life just changed. Right. Like, no, I'm Vito. Mm-hmm. That's my name you know that's who i am i am not stupid i am ignorant on a lot of subjects but then i learn and then i'm no longer ignorant on that subject right but like to to declare yourself your identity as stupid is you know is and then you live with it it's hard to unlearn it but when you know that you're not your thoughts and you know that you are not your actions I think it makes it easier to move forward from there and then choose how you want to act in the moment. But to know that you are a child of God and that you were made to be loved and to love and that's your purpose. Like we're every, at least people in, in my circle or in some of my different circles are like on a path <laughs> to know like what's my purpose what am i here for that was the question i used to ask myself all the yeah, time same. what am i here for i got why well, have a purpose i just don't know what it is i don't know what my purpose is and then it took like this year basically i was like the more i got into my spirituality my you know my faith in god and stuff i was like oh i'm just here to shine the light that god gave me right that's your purpose. i'm not here to cure cancer i'm not here to paint walls like that's not a purpose that's a gift that people have but that even even like michelangelo right Mm -hmm. painting and and doing all the whatever like that's his gift and that's his way of expressing the light that god gave him so cool go for it mine could just be shining my light on the six people that i'm around most Mm -hmm. but there is no like deeper purpose and there, there doesn't need to be. Right. Like some people think, some people hear that and they go, oh, well, that's depressing. I have no real purpose. It's like, no, 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 no. To shine your light that God gave you is like the most rewarding purpose you well, can have. And there's so much richness and goodness in fostering those relationships and in community. And I feel like that's where the sweet things in life is. Right. It's not necessarily achieving this... Dude, when you love on people, it feels so good. Mm -hmm. And all you're looking for when you're looking for what's my purpose, you just want to feel like you're you're doing something of meaning or that you're contributing in any way and that you you have a purpose and you're and you're living it out. Like you're living out you're not just going through life confused, whatever. But all of that is felt, all of that is solved when you love on people. Yeah. Across the board. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Across so, because you and I went through like very similar, like I searched forever, what's my purpose? And I felt so lost. And I think that that is a problem with the church and with faith because I was told my whole life, like God has a plan for you. God has yeah, a plan for you. Yeah. God has this plan for you. And nobody knows what the plan is. <laughs> like, Can someone please tell me what this plan is? Because yeah. I've been reading my Bible since I could read. I've you know, always prayed, always had a relationship with God. And I've felt life kind of pull me different directions. I have, like, I think there are specific people that he calls to specific things. Sure. And we're definitely given different talents, gifts, and abilities for a reason. But you and I are both very similar that we, we 
are passionate or we really enjoy a lot of things Mm -hmm. and we're like decent at a handful of things, but we don't feel like this burning desire for this one thing Mm. that it's like, okay, I know for a fact, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And here's how I can shine God's light in that area, you know? And so I feel like for like a lot of young people in the faith, they feel really lost with God's call on their life. Yeah. Cause it's like, God has a call on your life and you're like, what is it? Great. What is it? Yeah. Tell me. (laughs) Okay. You obviously know something I don't know. Tell me. Right. And I feel like for me, like through experimenting and doing different things and learning about different things, it's like, okay, finally, like I'm 33 and I'm like, I'm really passionate about birth work. I'm really passionate about educating women. And this is, I'm really confident in what I'm doing right now. I don't really I see myself adding on different education things to enhance Mm -hmm. and learn and grow in what I'm doing. But I don't see myself being like, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to be a lawyer, which I used to. Right. And and to piggyback on that, it's not your purpose isn't necessarily tied to your occupation. Not at all. Right. Because like you would do this even if you weren't making money, which you're, you know, you you, you kind of make money. Right. (laughs) Right, you like it's it's nice, you know, it's nice side money basically, but it's not like mm-hmm. your full time occupation, but it's still something you do, right? Because you're like, this is just and and you were able to get through that because you had a spiritual process, because you know you were going, oh, maybe I'll be a lawyer, maybe I'll do this, and then you were partying, and then you were doing this, and you're doing that, but until you were in South Africa and had your moments with God, after that point is when it all started to be like, oh, this is what I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And there's something, and, and I think it's called the um, the War of Art, where the author talks about breaking down, um, basically getting to the, the point of your most spiritual self, of like of your most, just there's no blocks, like there's no doubts or really anything. You just do what you naturally feel like doing and when you stop worrying about, oh, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And you start focusing on just loving people and just being present, you know, and being in the moment, well, then the purpose kind of unfolds and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Like what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, just happens. And I always hated that answer. I always, because I was always like, what am I supposed to do? Tell me, what am I good at? This book tells me to ask the five people closest to me, what am I good at? Tell me what I'm good at so I can figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I never got anything. And I would get so frustrated. And, and then my mom would be like, don't worry, it'll come. It'll come. It, it'll, you know, it'll just happen. And I'm like, no, I need to know now. I need to know. I need to know. And the more you hold on to that, the the further away you're going to get from it. But the more you let go and you have faith, mm-hmm. right? Like in the Bible, what does Jesus talk about all the time? Faith, faith of this size, faith of that size. If you just had a faith of the mustard seed, you can move mountains. Like faith, he talks about all the time. So if you have faith and you love your neighbor as yourself, this is the purpose of life. Right. And this is, and it's not, it's, I would get upset when people would say that. Like, no, I need to know what my occupation is so I can be good at it and be the best at it. And like, then I can be whatever. Where it's like, it seems so simple and it seems so remedial. But when you do it, when you practice it, and it's a practice to have faith, I struggle with it all the time. But it's it's a practice to have faith and to love yourself and your neighbor. But when you do it and like love them, not to be loved back, but just to give love with nothing, expecting nothing in return, it just feels so good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the more you do it, the better it feels. So it's like, and we're all just looking to feel good, really. When you want to know your purpose, what do you really want to feel good about yourself that you're contributing and that you're doing something that matters well just have faith and love your neighbor as yourself and you'll get that feeling all the time yeah and then what you do doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. be a janitor be whatever be a rocket scientist it doesn't matter as long as you're having faith and you're loving people and i think that that brings it back to the self-love thing too well, then you love because when you give love innately, you get love. So don't don't give in hope of give, yeah, of, of getting 
just love because it just it it just makes everything better and it makes you love yourself without you even trying right right and it and also the having faith aspect is again what you were talking about before like letting go of worries doubts fears anxieties insecurities because those aren't of god so anything that's not of god isn't real right you know and the things that are real are the things that he's created right and so focusing on those things i think is is a really big deal and it's important too so just practically too like i've been in relationships where i've tried to love and it was or i not even tried i was loving on someone and it it was just like one of those situations where love wasn't I don't even know how to describe it, but if if you're in a place where you feel limited on expressing your love, remove yourself from that from that situation. Hmm. You know, if you feel like every time you go to give love, like I would get extreme negative feedback mm-hmm. from genuine love, and it was very confusing times for me. Yeah. Because it felt so good to do good things. Right. You're like, I'm loving on this person. Right. And then I would get such negativity back that it really messed with my head and it really didn't feel good. But then once I removed myself from the situation and started being myself and loving again, and it was in a healthy environment, it feels that, you know, and not even getting love back, but just me being able to give love, it was great, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, but there are there are people and situations where it's just not healthy or it's not like normal. I don't know, normal's not the word, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. o- it's okay to remove yourself from toxic people. And I think the other key with self love too, I know for me is like was catching my inner dialogue too, and the things that you're telling yourself because you are to love your neighbor as yourself, which means. Like you wouldn't let your neighbor, you wouldn't let yourself, you know, live in a horrible conditions and whatever, whatever. And you're supposed to love, like not let your neighbor do that either. But it's like if you're loving yourself, it also means like taking every thought captive. And when those feelings creep in, you know, having, you like, no, I am like I like I am statements so I used to do that a lot you mm-hmm. know I'd be like I am strong I am beautiful I am loved I am love I am you know loving I am accepted I and, and have these statements um and I think that being married's been awesome because I mean I now have this person in my life that whenever I'm not feeling self-love I talk to you and you're just like that's ridiculous. You're awesome. You know, mm. and, and and it's nice. Um, but I still think at my core, I, I have that self-love. So I know like I've struggled with my pregnancy body and um, not feeling hot. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think I'm awesome. You yeah. know, like I'm like, yeah, this kind of sucks. But I mean, I I still love myself. I'm not. Yeah. Well, usually on a self-love journey, too. Um, the root idea is that you might not be lovable. Like I'm struggling to love myself. So am I lovable? And one of the core truths is you are innately lovable. Mm -hmm. Period. You were made from God. You are lovable. God loves you so much. He sent his only son to be crucified. Like that type of love is like not just for the people at the time, but like, no, all people. Even even evil people who do terrible things are loved, right. but they refuse to accept it. So once you just accept that you are lovable and you are, in fact, currently right now loved, it's easier for you to open up your mind to the fact that you can love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think of self-love, I automatically, for some reason, think about physical, which is... I, I just realized isn't true for me anymore. It took me so long to like physically love and accept myself. Now I feel like my self-love process is 
like totally mentally. Like when I don't love myself is when I like I beat myself up when I'm not producing like I feel like I should, like getting enough done that I feel like I should or when I didn't have as a productive of a day. Do you feel like you're day. actually not loving yourself or are you just kind of upset with yourself? No, I'll, I'll tell myself I'm a lazy POS in my right, head. Right, but and that affects how much you love yourself? Because I think those two are different. I think that it plays out in a different way. Like I feel like then I get more depressed and then I'm less likely to get stuff done and then I'm... Because then I tell myself the lie of, well, you can't do it anyways and then... You know, it goes down the stream of doubt. Right, right. Because I'm just thinking, like, I can love. I think I still I love, love myself. Like, I can but, love Hutch. But I'm just saying, like, self-love for me, before I'd always think physically, but it can right. also just show up in your work. It could show up in being a mom. It can show up in being a dad and being a partner in so many different aspects of your life. Yeah, okay. And so I realized, like, okay... I'm good with the physical thing. Like, obviously, yeah, I still have insecurities. Everybody does. Um, But my self-love is in my work now. Like, the things I need to be doing for work. And that's where I have a hard time, like, pushing myself. And then I also have a hard time being kind to myself. Yeah. We don't have to dive into it right now. I'm just saying that I just noticed that. So, yeah. It was a good conversation. Yeah. Interesting topics. You are so I get sexy. so excited talking about these things. I know you do. Because I've struggled with them for so long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I have realizations, I get so excited. Of mm-hmm. like, oh, I've been complicating this. It's really not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus said so many times. Yeah. The number one commandment, love God with all your heart. The number two, love your neighbor a bit. And you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like guys, they say there's no they say there's no manual to life. It's because it's only two sentences long. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because if you're genuinely living like that, you're living like God. Right. Then, like every problem that comes, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Well, first, let's try these two things: love God and love your neighbor, and then let's see if if the answer is still not solved. Either way, whatever you choose. Have faith. Yeah, you're still going to do it out of love, so it's going to be okay. Right. You're not worried about this or that. You're not worried at all. I so worried about choices. Like, do I choose left or right? I don't know. Like, Oh, same. You know. Because you're like, is this is this my purpose? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I, if I, what if it's this? What if it's that? Yeah. Then I made the wrong decision. And it's, it's like, okay, love God, have faith, and love your neighbor, and then f- revisit the, the question. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to get that verse in our house somewhere just yeah. to remind us. We should. Matthew 12, 8. I have no idea. Guys, <laughs> just stay on the line just a couple of minutes longer. Hold on. What did I say? Matthew 12, 8. Um, but we're, I mean, we do, I'd like to hang up a Bible verse somewhere for sure. Matthew 12. Uh, eight for the son of man is lord of the sabbath (laughs) (laughs) that's it it was something jesus said though tattooing it on my body yeah i always i always people who have verse tattoos i always want to look them up and be like what does this actually say because what's the verse that you have two? No, you have like a fish that represents a And verse. there's a Bible verse underneath that. Oh, really? Yeah, Hebrews 11.1, 1, which is faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Oh, that's cute. What's Kyle's favorite verse? Ecclesiastes? <laughs> not Ecclesiastes. No, I, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Too funny. It's one of those Old Testament ones, I think. Yep. Yeah, I think it was Ecclesiastes. No, look up the Matthew verse so that we can tell. I did. I don't know which one it is. No, then you look up. You search. You can search it. Yeah. Look oh, okay. Up the Hold words on. Hold in on. It. Um. The most important, like the three commandments that Jesus gave. Commandment. Mm. 
Oh, okay. Mark 12. Ooh. 20. The most... Okay. Mark 12, 29. Jesus answered. The most important is... This is the ESV. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And then he stops talking. Mm -hmm. So... Love your God, love your neighbor. I would just take that as like, (laughs) hey, you want to know how to live your life? Love, that's it. Love God with everything that you possess. Mm -hmm. Not physical things, heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second, love your neighbor as yourself. That's how you self-love. Whoever asked that, thank you for asking. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you just opened up a whole bag of worms. Which, what kind of expression is that? There's so many expressions. There's a can of worms? Yeah, a can of worms. You just opened up a can of worms. Who has a can of worms? I don't know, babe. And why would they open it up? There's like bait. There's things that you get for bait for fishing. But it Mm -hmm. doesn't come in a can. No. It comes in like a little Tupperware thing with the... the, No, thanks. With the holes poked I can't think about it anymore. Worms? No. Oh yeah, because we we got problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should next week um do like try to look up weird expressions and why they exist because there's a lot of things that people say and it's like oh the cat's out of the bag who put a yeah. cat in a bag like that's pretty messed up why would you put a cat in a bag so just answer the can of worms one if you say someone is opening a can of worms you are warning them. That they are planning to do or talk about something that is much more complicated, unpleasant, or difficult than they realize and might be better left alone. So I guess opening a can of worms is just like something you don't want to deal with. Yeah, but why? Where did yeah. it come from? That didn't answer. Who has a can? Of, who canned up these worms? Anyways, let's go to bed. I'm exhausted. Yes. It would be fun to dive into this next week. Cats out We're gonna of the have bag, to do some research. Things like that. Yeah. Um, send us your expressions that are weird, and we'll talk about them. Anyways, we love you guys so much. Um, I could use some prayers. I'm having some back issues, and I cracked a tooth, so it's been a rough day. <laughs> yeah, Liz is falling together. So, because I keep saying I'm falling apart, so Vito keeps saying I'm falling together. I'm like, really, my tooth is cracked and my back's flaring up and then i'm like do you still love me <laughs> you're I the do. best you're the best babe i do i do i do mm-hmm. all right let's go to bed we love you guys and we will talk to you next week let us know what you want to hear from us ta-ta bye